Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Moving to the Dolphins. Like I said earlier, the word is that Devon Achen is doing his thing in OTAs. Raheem Mostert, 31 years old. Jeff Wilson is just a guy. But A-Train is electric, man. He's not a big guy. So, you know, as a matter of fact, he's a small guy. So don't expect mm-hmm. 20 touches or anything like that at any point of his career. But 15 touches or so, you know, can be a little sweet spot, especially in this scheme. Um, if anyone's going to bring out the best in A-Train, I think it's Mike McDaniel. Um, I think, you know, this is definitely a timeshare for sure. But A-Train is the RB36 right now on underdog in the 10th round involved in the receiving game. It seems like that's where he's showing up at the moment. Um, you know, in full PPR, I'm open to this price for sure. Like, you just got to set the right expectations, right? He's not the yeah. goal line guy. You'll have to depend on efficiency, but he can be that guy for sure. Now, if Devon H. and James Cook are the same price, who are you taking? I <laughs> don't like either of them. You know, so <laughs> me, I'd look somewhere else. That, that's what I right. think. And I, I get the hype around Devon Achan. You know, he fits the track team, you know, type of mentality. That draft pick makes tons of sense for the Dolphins. But I, I have Devon, Devon Achan. I'm not sure if it's Devin, Devon. Devon Achan, I, I have Devon. him as like an avoid for me just because I feel like his size is going to be working against him. He's not going to get the workload that I want from a running back. Obviously, you're drafting him real late. But I look at other guys around him. Like, would you draft Samaj P. Ryan over Devon Achan? Yes because he's going a spot ahead of him. And Rashad Penny's going a spot behind him, you know, so in terms of the RB. So I look at them. I mean, if I'm looking for, like, my RB2, I get the upside. I get the appeal with Devon Achain. But this is a rookie running back, A, in a pretty relatively crowded backfield, and he's very undersized. I don't know the type of workload he's going to get. And you have Tua throwing to guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, like tons of other weapons in the offense. I get it. He can be electric. I don't think the workload is going to be there. He's not going to have enough pop games that's really going to warrant me doing that. Um, taking him there. I, I think I look at Rashad Penny. I think he can be an early down guy for the Eagles. I'd be happy with him getting eight or nine touchdowns for the Eagles at the goal line. Yeah. And then the same thing with Samaj P. Ryan. I think he's just like Devon A. Chain with more security. Uh, we look at the mm-hmm. way that Sean Payton has run things. You've mentioned that a couple of times, how he likes to factor in a second running back, especially with Javante Williams. He is coming off 
that ACL injury. So I think you look at that. I think there's better options. Uh, Devin A-Chain situation, I'm not a huge fan of it, at least at, for the time being. We might be able to circle back a year from now, and it might clear up a little bit more. He might have more leeway in this running back room. But as of right now, it's too crowded. I, I just don't trust him for this season. He's one of my avoids. So I'm kind of going completely you know, perpendicular to what you are saying. Um, I hear what you're saying with him being electric. I know the talent is there. But I think that this season, I'm tempering expectations and avoiding him this season. I, I I think you make some great points. I really do. Um, I think at that price, it's doable for me. But the guys, that, the running backs that you mentioned, kind of kind of like them a little bit more. So yeah. I, I'm 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 with you on that one. I I, I like, kind of Rashad you know, Penny is one that sticks out to me. I think he can get yeah. eight touchdowns pretty easily if he's healthy. You know, and that's solid, especially if you're starting him as an RB two or flex. Like I'm okay with that. I don't think there's a world where I see Devin A. Chain scoring eight total touchdowns i think he'd be more in like the five six range that's yeah. just me because you have so much other talent on that offense too and i expect Tua to be pretty good as long as he's healthy so we'll see how it goes it could change but for the time being right now i don't like that price if it drops i might be in because yeah the only, yeah, the only what, thing would be you know if devon agent is like truly truly special right yeah. that's like really really what it comes down to like if he's truly truly special like that that's that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day like is he going to mm-hmm. be that guy yeah but we'll see. I mean, the other guys are healthy right now. We'll yeah. see if that changes. That, everyone's healthy right now. That's the thing. <laughs> project when everyone's healthy. Yeah. We'll um, Tyreek Hill, we're both in on him in the first round. I would say so, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, wide receiver 11 in the second round. Uh, we good with that, right? Um, I think. Uh, now, this is after Amon Ra and after Garrett Wilson. Those two off the board is Jalen Waddle. Solid for you at the end of the He's, second. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Chris Olave's right there. I kind of like him. Mm. T. Higgins is floating around there too. I kind of like him. I, I think if I had to pick between the three of them, if I'm ranking, let's say Chris Olave, if we're sitting there, Amara Garrett Wilson are off the board. We go by this ADP here, and we're choosing between Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, and T. Higgins. I think I'd go Chris Olave, then Jalen Waddle, then T. Higgins. I think that's I how it. I would go. Is that what? Do you agree? Because uh, I, feel like- I, think, I think Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave are in, a, in the same tier for me. I think I lean mm-hmm. Waddle by a hair. All right. That's fair. I mean, I get it. Jalen Waddle is very explosive and he has better chance to be a big play threat. I think if you're looking for PPR, um, you know, just consistency week to week, Chris Olave is going to give you that. But Jalen yeah, Waddle does, does have the upside. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because like Derek Carr going to New Orleans, you know, this is great for Chris Olave because we just saw yeah. Devontae Adams like have a huge year with Derek Carr. So that's what mm-hmm. you really want to see, right? Like will the alpha eat? And in this case, I think Olave is turning into that alpha. And yeah. that's that's really good news. And I Derek think he's finishes a low end wide receiver one as well. I do. Yeah. So Derek Carr can now live up to that name I gave him. The sidecar. So before it was Love just it. to sidecar Devonta Adams, help him produce. Now it's Chris Olave. But I think Derek Carr, as much crap as we give Derek Carr, is going to be the best quarterback that Chris Olave has played with in his career. Obviously, very short career. But I think that he's going to be the best quarterback for him, especially right now. He's on a four-year contract. So if things go well this season, we might see two or three more really solid years, You know, maybe potentially top 10 seasons pretty easily with Chris Olave if things work out. Um, because I think Chris Olave is going to kind of just like beat everybody else out on that Ravens receipt. Raven, not Ravens, Saints receiving course. Sorry, I started with the letter R. 
I messed it up, but that's my there's bad. No doubt, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, talk to me about Tua, though. You know, a, a lot of talk about concussions and him potentially uh, getting another one. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> how are you looking at him right now? Uh, quarterback 11. I'm sorry, quarterback 12 at the 8-9 turn. Um, you know, he's solid. You know, does he have enough upside? Like, do you think when we pick a quarterback at that spot, at the 8-9 turn, there should be room for upside? What are your thoughts about Tua? Yeah, I love Tua. And obviously, it's easy to be scared away by his injuries, you know, and I, I'm the same way. I get it. You know, we know that there's obvious health health concerns, but it's just pretend that they don't exist for just a minute. Let's say he stays healthy. He doesn't miss more than three games. In 12 games that he started in 2022 and finished, he had as many passing touchdowns as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, who both started 17 games. That's 25 touchdowns. He had more 300-yard passing games than Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, who both started 17 games last season. He had as many 300-yard games passing as Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, and Geno Smith. And he had the most touchdowns of 40-plus yards and 50-plus yards in the NFL in 12 games, 8 for 40-plus, 5 for 50-plus, respectively. You know what I'm saying? In 12 games. This guy has ridiculous upside. He just has to stay healthy. The track team they built around him is fantastic for him. We know who Tyreek Hill is. We know who Jalen Waddell is. If Tua stays healthy, he has top five upside. That's one hill that I'm going to die on this season for fantasy football because Tua, he was electric. He had that six-touchdown game, obviously. That was a big game for him, but he has that capability to throw that many touchdowns. Not not six touchdowns, but we've seen there was no question now about whether he can throw the ball and get the ball where it needs to be with with these receivers. Um, If Tua was on a different offense, we'd be having a different conversation. But he's on the Dolphins' offense, which is – one of the most explosive. He has Mike McDaniel calling plays. I think that, I mean, he's my target for the post that we put together. Like, I'm targeting Tua 100% as a QB1. He's a boom-bust QB1 because of his injury. But if he stays healthy, you're going to be set. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he'll be able – He'll he's learning to protect himself a little bit more. Um, you know, we, we don't see, like, quarterbacks getting concussed all the time, right? Like, it's, right. it happens, and then it gets, it gets kind of glorified, and, you know, we kind of – you know, it, it becomes a big deal. Um, and obviously, it was Tua, a big deal. It was, yeah. No, I mean, what I'm saying is that it becomes a big deal and an assumption that like just quarterbacks get concussed super easily. And I don't really think that's right. the case. Uh, I think you know, for Tua, it sucked last year and it was a concern. Uh, but I think moving forward, I think you know, I don't, I don't think we should be assuming that he's just going to continue to get concussions. I mean, he, the dude was like knocked back really hard on the ground. It's not like it was like. In the, like he just got hit a little bit and he got a concussion. Like he got, yeah. dude, he got rocked multiple times. So hopefully he'll be able to learn how to fall better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe take some right. jujitsu classes, and you know he'll learn how to like fall like properly without hitting his head on the ground. Hopefully that's the case. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking at that personally as a huge concern um, for dynasty or for redraft. Right. I think the right. nature of the injuries, obviously, what we saw on field, the first time he had trouble walking, the second time his yeah. fingers were all crossed yeah. up and all that, it, yeah. that's pretty graphic. You know, that's going to stick in your head and make you think, okay, concussions, man, yeah. this is bad. But we see quarterbacks get concussed all the other time that don't have any of those symptoms. They're just a little wobbly coming off the field. They're fine. You know, they come back two weeks later, perfectly healthy, that kind of thing. You don't really hear about it much after that. So I think that's definitely playing into it. I wouldn't bet that a guy as young as Tua. Now, it would be one thing if Tua was like 34. You know, you think, okay, yeah. maybe he's going to retire. But I, I don't know his exact age. I think he, he's got to be like 25 or 26. He's yeah. going to be fine. I, I think that as long as he, like you said, he learns to take care of himself a little bit better. And 
obviously I don't want to say that we should just be blowing off these things. You know, concussions are a big deal, health, that kind of thing. Obviously, player health comes first, but I think he's going to be fine. And if he does stay healthy, which I'm thinking that he can, you know, I think he has fantastic upside for you. All right, let's talk Patriots. Um, it's worth noting that Bill Bill O'Brien, a real offensive coordinator, and I, I'm going to say good offensive coordinator, is replacing a defensive coordinator who was calling offensive plays last year. So no this sense. is quite the upgrade <laughs> for me. All right, I know the yeah. Patriots offense was extremely unattractive last year, and the weapons in the receiving game, you know, still don't seem too great. But in terms of play calling and design, I think it's going to be way better. I think Matt Jones can actually have a bit of a Daniel Jones type resurgence potentially Mm -hmm. in terms of him looking like a decent NFL quarterback Uh, zero rushing ability, obviously. uh, But in terms of him being an NFL quarterback, I can see it. Okay. They sabotaged him last year, you know, and I don't know why, but that's how I see it. Um, They got Juju, Devontae Parker, last year's second round pick Taekwon Thornton, who, by the way, if you're going to do a lot of best ball drafts and you know, like, I think you have to continue to throw darts at Tyquan Thornton, you know, at a certain yeah. percentage because of the fact that he was drafted high. Uh, but curious to hear your thoughts, man. I mean, Juju is going off the board as the wide receiver 50 in the ninth round. Um, is he worth it as the clear number one target or are you staying clear? I think that he can be. At, at wide receiver 50? I, I mean, I look at Jacoby yeah, Myers 50 last season. In the ninth round. I look at Jacoby Myers last season who was like hardly being drafted and he finished very well very high for where he was being drafted. And he was actually yeah. solid many weeks in a row. I loved having him in my flex. I was telling people to draft him to put in their flex. I loved having him in my flex. He did really well. Obviously that lateral, it has nothing to do with fantasy football. It was just a bad play for him. It's not going to affect him obviously long-term, but I look at Juju Smith-Schuster in that role with an offensive coordinator, like you said, who's actually called plays before. I don't think that's a bad price at all. I think that he can easily outperform that. He, he should finish. Uh, I mean, he could 36. probably be a wide. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, probably wide receiver three. Right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a safe bet. And there could be upside, too, depending on how, if Mac Jones takes a step, we'll have to see. Step forward, we'll have to see. Um, obviously, that's not going to come in the run game. So it would have to be in the passing game. And that would be Juju Smith-Schuster catching those passes. So I, I think that you look at that and the what we just laid out, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's a, he's a good receiver. He's not bad. He He's solid. So I think, at wide receiver 50, there's little risk there for him to bust on that price. You should be just fine. You can scoop him up late and have yourself a solid wide receiver three. Flex play. I think Juju would be an ideal flex, like I said, mm-hmm. with Jacoby Myers last season. He was a nice flex. I think he's going to give you the same type of value, and I don't okay. have a problem with wide receiver 50. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I do either. Um, I think it's worth noting who they have at tight end. Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki. These two guys are very capable pass catchers, and it's possible – we see these two guys as primary options in the receiving game. Remember, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, the, their years as a duo came with Bill O'Brien as the play caller. Uh, and these right. are two established tight ends. And I can see some production here. You know, Gusecki going off the board as a tight end 24 in the 17th round, uh, undrafted in, in most uh, home leagues. Hunter Henry, he's being undrafted as a tight end 34. So these are two sneaky tight end punt options here. Like if I had to choose one, it would probably be Kaseki, um, because he's more of a you know wide receiver than Hunter Henry. But Hunter Henry is a good receiver too. So um, right. you know, something to look, look out for here, just in case you're punting the position and you're like late in your draft and you need to like kind of grab a couple of random tight ends. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I mean, 
I, I I think the the backfield though is relatively straightforward to me. Um, you know, yeah. it's Ramondre Stevenson show. Like they signed James Robinson. I think he's more of a depth guy who might get a few carries per game. And if you remember, you know, Ty Montgomery was supposed to have the third down role coming in last year. Um, and former Patriots running back coach said that he thinks Montgomery could have that role once again this year. Uh, he's still on the roster, but man, like, when was the last time Montgomery was able to stay healthy, dude? And, and I can't. I can't imagine myself like fading Stevenson because of that. You know what I'm no. saying? Like, you know, and I just posted on the Upper Hand Fantasy Instagram account on why I think Ramondre uh, is a no-brainer running back this year, running back one this year, and we should draft him as such. And I get that Belichick historically doesn't use one back, but he did last year. You know, he mm. he didn't go through his entire depth chart with Damian Harris banged up. There was still other running backs there, um, but. He went with Ramondre, like as his bell cow, which we haven't seen at all, you know, in, with this with the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? So like, right? You know, we have a good history of Bill O'Brien though, trusting one back. So that that's good news for Ramondre. So yep. if they they're, if they were willing to do it without Bill O'Brien last year, I think with with Bill O'Brien this year, I think it could happen. Yeah, I'm not worried about Ty Montgomery at all. I mean, the last time he was fantasy <laughs> relevant, I remember I had him on my fantasy team. He was with the Packers, and he was actually doing really well in the receiving game. But I'm not worried about before him. he got hurt. Yeah, I remember that. That was before he got that. hurt. But I had him, and that those and he was good killing days. it. Yeah, no, I picked him up off the waivers. I remember that. That that was one of my like core fantasy memories. You know what I'm saying? Because that was like my first year I played. I had no idea how waivers worked. I was just picking it up, and I had Ty Montgomery. He did really well for me. Um, but that's there was just a year. Different. There was a year that Ty Montgomery after that season that what you're talking about, dude. He was a like a like a he was an early pick, dude. Like, yeah. he was an early pick. And I think I'm, I had to look it up now because this is going to be driving me crazy. So <laughs> um, so I'm looking at his um, his career, and it was in, I think it was 2017. Yeah, I think it was 2017 where he was 24 years old. Uh, in five games started, he had three touchdowns. He had 23 catches. So, like, he was on his way to doing some big things. I wonder what his ADP was in 20, 2017. Let's let's see if I can find it real quick. <laughs> 2017 ADP. Let's see. Just curious. Because, dude, I, I could not believe that he was being drafted so high, and I remember me drafting him like an idiot. But it ended up working out until he got hurt. Yeah, he was, he was the 42nd player off the board that year, which is insane, which is like third, third fourth round. Unbelievable. Can you imagine drafting Ty Montgomery in third, fourth round? <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. All right. That's going to do it for this podcast. Again, uh, it helps us so much if you guys can just subscribe or hit follow on your podcast at firstly. Secondly, rate and review. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. Again, two episodes a week for the rest of the offseason. Five episodes a week in season. Uh, we're back next week to go over the NFC and AFC North division. The upcoming season long draft kick, it's up here on patreon.com slash upperhand fantasy. See all the podcast description. Appreciate you guys. See you next week. Later. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 